The Cougars are back. Play fake. Wilson on the seam. Caught by Bushman. 10-5. Touchdown, Cougars! We're two hours away from the kickoff BYU football. Play fake for Wilson. A deep drop. Goes for the back right pylon of the end zone. He's got a touchdown, and the Cougars open up on top. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Merry Christmas Eve, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. Tonight, the BYU Cougars are bowling once again, this time in the Hawaii Bowl as they face the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm back in our BYU radio studios in beautiful Provo, Utah. As always, I'm joined by former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson, who's soaking up the sun at the beautiful Aloha Stadium in Honolulu. I say aloha to you, Riley Nelson. How are you? And aloha to you. I noticed the extra emphasis on beautiful in Provo. Hopefully there's a fresh blanket of fall and snow, but I don't know. It's, it's in it the felt 50s, a little Riley. It felt a little competitive. It was. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It is in the 50s here in Provo. Now, I'm not saying that that's better than where you are, but I will take 50 degrees on December 24th any day of the week. No question. And 80 and breezy out here, partly cloudy, ain't bad either. There is nothing wrong with that either. Riley, with a record of 7-5, and five, BYU has an opportunity for eight wins with the victory today and back-to-back bowl wins. Now, while a win or a loss doesn't necessarily change anything relative to the big picture of the season, a win today certainly sends the seniors out with a win and then hopefully springboards into the offseason workouts. I would imagine that that's how these te- this BYU team is looking at it. Get the win for the seniors and have a positive uh, momentum game heading into the offseason. Anyone who's gone through winter conditioning in uh, in a college football program knows the importance of heading into that, uh, you know, it, that grueling eight weeks leading up to spring ball of January and February. Go, knows the importance of going into that with a positive mental attitude and the importance of having high morale. And does not underestimate what a bowl win can do for that morale and winter conditioning. Not to mention the effect that it will have on recruiting, the effect that it will carry into next season, and uh, also for this team, you know, improve getting one more win than they did less against a substantially more difficult schedule. It, this will do a lot of things if they can pull this off. If they can get this come out of today with a win, it will do a lot of things for this BYU program. Well, just look back a year ago after the win in in the, uh, the uh, Potato Bowl. Everybody was talking about the 18-for-18 performance, and it was was a nice little spark that everybody had, not just the team, but the fan base, and everybody was talking about it, and it was exciting to head into the offseason that way, and certainly uh, nobody's expecting, you know, 18-for-18 again, but there are opportunities for for this team uh, to be able to go into the offseason on a positive note, and before the Cougars, though, face the Rainbow Warriors, let's get to the three things you need to know. Number one. BYU coming off a very disappointing regular season loss at San Diego State. And I know, Riley, it has been a while. This this is one of the strange things about the bowl games because they usually are at minimum three weeks after your last game. So there's a lot of time that has passed since we've had a game. But, yeah, BYU loses 13-3 at San Diego State back on November 30th. And after playing so well for several weeks, the offense really struggled to put points on the board. And obviously the Aztec defense was legit, but BYU made a lot of mistakes 
on offense. Zach Wilson is the starter. Jaron Hall is the backup today. What are your overall thoughts on BYU's offense looking to bounce back from what we saw against the Aztecs? A sign of maturity for any football team is how do you handle, um, I guess, what you would call lulls in competition. They faced that heading up to San Diego State uh, by facing Idaho State and then UMass. It didn't really get uh, the team's competitive juices going. And now you have that again with the long break. You mentioned November 30th was the last time they played. So uh, we'll see if they learn from that experience going into the San Diego State game where they definitely came out flat. And then not only did they start the game flat, but the entire game was flat. They couldn't get any kind of momentum started at any time. Keep in mind, this is still a young team that is, or or a young core uh, of this team that's learning how to navigate their way through the entirety of a college football season so my hope is that they looked back and they learned it they looked back at the mistakes made leading up to the san diego state game they changed that they approached the preparation for the bowl game with a different attitude and a different mindset the coach embraced that also the the coaches demanded that of the players and we're going to come out and see a complete 180 of a performance from the offense well because it's going to be needed yeah without question and speaking of offense let's get to number two Can the BYU defense keep the Hawaii offense in check? And you mentioned BYU's offense is going to have to score. They're going to have to keep pace with the possibility of what Hawaii can do offensively. Quarterback Cole McDonald, fifth in the nation in passing yards at 3,642. Tied for 13th in passing TDs with 29. And Hawaii could potentially have three 1,000-yard receivers this season. They already have one. Cedric Bird, the second has 1,068. Then you have Jared Smart, who needs 13 to reach 1,000. You have JoJo Ward, that needs 25 to reach that mark. Plus, Hawaii's averaging 34 points per game. We were having similar discussions about this offense last year when this team came into Provo. BYU's defense did a nice job on, on keeping them quiet. You're going to need something like that today because this offense is even better than the one that came into town last year. Yes, they are, and it really is quite the the amazing culture that's been built out here in this UH program, going all the way back to the early 2000s with Timmy Chang, who, you know, he was the one that, uh, erased, I shouldn't say erased, but was able to uh, get on top of all of Ty Detmer's rankings. BYU used to hold that distinction, so it's interesting that a former WAC foe uh, was the one to kind of supersede that, but they've kept that going really for 15 years. Some years they're better than others as a complete team. This happens to be a team uh, as a Hawaii team that's on the upswing and an offense that is uh, one of the more exceptional ones that they've had in a long time. So yes, the BYU defense is going to have their their work cut out for them now. they do. They This BYU defense has done a good job against teams that throw the ball around the yard, like USC obviously pulling off uh, that good win, and they, they do it in a, in a myriad of different ways. We'll get a little bit more maybe into the X's and O's of how they're going to do it, whether they're going to bring pressure, whether they're going to drop a lot. But uh, regardless, I think the BYU defense should be up to the challenge as while they do uh, spread you out and they throw the ball all over the yard and, and they get a lot of yards, this BYU defense has shown that they're timely with good performance in the red zone. So I, I think that they – you know, I have confidence in the defense to do enough what they'll need to win the game now. But w- what when I say that, that means that the offense is probably going to have to put up 30-plus in order to do it. So it's going to be a, a, an entire team effort today um, with the defense or the offense not being any more important than the other. Of the three things you need to know, this is number three. <laughs> Riley, BYU's won five straight matchups against Hawaii and 11 of 12. Now, as we just mentioned a second ago, BYU beat Hawaii last season in Provo, 49-23. That was 
Zach Wilson's first start as a BYU Cougar. That obviously went well. BYU leads the overall series 23-8, which dates back to the days when both teams were in the same conference. That certainly, look, from one year to the the next, it it doesn't mean a whole lot in terms, I mean, every year is different, every year is, is unique, but it does, when you look at it as a whole, this has been a series that BYU typically has done very well with. That can't be underestimated. I mean, BYU's kind of on the other side, and it ebbs and flows, and it swings and sways, right? Uh, BYU finds itself on the other side of that in the in the Utah matchup, where for years BYU was dominant, and now the pendulum swung the other way, and it just can't you just can't seem to break kind of that streak. And BYU's been able to maintain uh, a certain level of dominance over this Hawaii football program, which even though it's a different set of players, just the culture and the feeling and and the fans and everyone around the game. You can sense it, and you can feel it. So it is something that is important, and I think it will play to BYU's advantage. Regardless of how you look at this game, uh, you, you look at whether you look at the betting line, where it's fluctuated between one to three points, um, or you just look at the fact that this Hawaii team is 7-1 and one on their home field today, and don't, make no mistake about it, even though this is a bowl game, this is a home game for Hawaii. Yeah. But they're seven and one, and the one loss was a shootout that was uh, it was forty three to thirty eight against Fresno State, who kicked a field goal as time expired uh, to come away with the win with that one. So I'm extremely excited about uh, what the competitive potential that this game has for us today. Well, in, in a very unique situation with Hawaii, this is this is game fifteen for them. I mean, so the fact that they have an opportunity to get ten. They've also played almost 15, so you kind of take that with a grain of salt when when you look at records. But make no mistake, this is a formidable opponent for BYU today. That's why the line is as close as it is. This offense is legit, and BYU is going to have to come out ready to go if they're going to win back-to-back bowl games uh, coming up today. Coming up, speaking of, you'll hear from quarterback Zach Wilson, as well as offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes and linebacker Isaiah Kafusi in Cougar Cuts. But next, we're going to get to know the foe as we talk with the voice of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Bobby Curran. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Happy holiday season. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Christmas Eve, and we're getting ready for BYU football, the BYU Cougars and the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live. Hoping to be joined by Bobby Curran coming up in just a few minutes as we get to know the foe. We'll preview the game against B or excuse me, against Hawaii. Riley Nelson joining me from Aloha Stadium. I'm hanging out in our BYU radio studios in Provo. Have you been able to do any? Like, when did you get to Hawaii, by the way, Riley? Have you been there a day or so, or did you just get to, have you only been there just a little bit? We got here Sunday afternoon. Oh, so you've been uh, there a while. Yeah, been there, been here a couple of days. And when you say, you know, what have, what have you been able to do? We, um, my wife growing up, her parents studied at BYU Hawaii. So at least, at least for a part of their, um, you know, post high school educations, and so the North Shore Laie holds a special place in, in like her heart and her family's heart and her traditions. Whenever they would come to Hawaii, they would stay on the North Shore. So we were up on the North Shore where it's nice and breezy, but the it, there was a, a nice 
a nice couple of swells, not too big. I mean, I don't mess with uh, marrying into a Southern California family. I've kind of <laughs> learned how to surf, but I am definitely not a surfer. But uh, the swells were just enough where you kind of go to the beginner beach, and uh, it's a little bit more fun of a way. So I've been out uh, a couple of uh, sessions of surfing, and, uh, you know, the weather was not very um, promising because it looked like it was cloudy with uh, scattered rainstorms, but we've been sunny and partly cloudy. I don't want to jinx it out here since we arrived here on Sunday afternoon. So it's been uh, quite the trip so far. And then we're going to stay a couple days after and enjoy the island. And there's not expected to be any type of weather issues for the actual game tonight, are there? No, none at all. In fact, I was mentioning up on the North Shore, and this is typical of Hawaiian weather, the North Shore is where you get the majority of the swells and you get a lot more breeze. Pretty consistent 20-plus mile-an-hour winds up there. But down here in uh, Honolulu and uh, where Aloha Stadium is, it's, like I said earlier in the broadcast, it is partly cloudy in the low 80s. I think it's 81, 82. And then the flags, I mean, they're by no means stiff. They're they're kind of blowing, but it's a light breeze, which really what that's serving to do is to keep the the island sun just from beating you down too much. So it's absolute glorious weather. Couldn't have asked for better. Doesn't look like we're going to be able to get Bobby Curran, the voice of Hawaii. Uh, so Riley and I, a couple things that I wanted to to go over with with Bobby, but I think it, it's something that that you and I can can discuss and obviously when you look at Hawaii it's the offense that stands out and nationally that's that's what's going to get the attention and when you look at the numbers that the offense is putting up certainly Cole McDonald is the engine that makes them go and in in the previous segment you were we were talking about how BYU was going to defend that and they've gone against some of these teams that have that type of of offensive prowess. And you mentioned USC. Obviously the biggest difference in that scenario is the experience of the quarterbacks. Against the Trojans, BYU was able to drop a ton of guys and it really confused USC. I don't know if that's something that would be as effective against a seasoned quarterback like Cole McDonald. What do you think is the best way to deal with a quarterback like this? You've got to mix it up. Uh, here's one of the things that Hawaii will do to you if you think you're going to light up a guy like He'll just get the ball out. He won't hold the ball for more than a second and a half. They have a uh, very good and efficient quick game, and they're not quite to that level of like a Washington State. That's why this is typically the run and shoot for all of the uh, academicians out there who study college football offenses. This is the run and shoot, not the air raid. What you see at Washington State and, uh, you know, at Texas Tech and some of these other programs, that's the air raid offense where they're truly, you know, throwing the ball 60-plus times a game. The run and shoot is one where tempo is involved, but it's a lot different. There's screen games. There's still some zone uh, run concepts, some power concepts. They're a little bit more balanced. They're up-tempo, but they are where your average uh, football team is probably uh, averaging somewhere between 27 and 32 attempts. They are averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 37 to 40 attempts. So they're sorry, coming back to defense defensively scheming for them. If you try and light them up, they're just going to get the ball out of their hands. And if you can tackle in space, then that's great. Force him to get the ball out of his hands, short and laterally. And if your guys are good tacklers in space, that can put them in tough you know, third and long situations, which is not where any offense wants to be. Conversely, one of the things you can do is uh, and I heard Coach Tuiaki talk about this earlier earlier this week, that he believes that everyone uses pressure just to mean that you bring pass rushers 
at the quarterback. Well, you can put pressure on the quarterback by dropping eight and nine guys into coverage, and he can feel a mental, even though he's not, you know, feeling the pressure of getting sacked or put to the ground, he's feeling the pressure of, I don't have anywhere to go with the ball, and so he'll maybe force throws. That's what we saw against USC. So I think you got to mix both those up as well as you can't let him get anything cheap on the ground, um, and that's how I would attack this Cole McDonald. Then, then, like I said, that's all kind of schematic and strategic things. One thing that is an absolute must as the run and shoot gets going and they do start distributing the ball you know, to these, you mentioned, these 1,000-yard receivers and a 1,000-yard producing running back, combined yards, of course, between rushing and receiving, is you've got to get these guys on the ground. If you let them break tackles or you miss tackles, then you're in for a long afternoon. Yeah, if you have an opportunity to get one of these players on first contact, you have got to make sure they do not get... The yards after catch—that's something that will that will kill your defense with as uh, as prominent uh, as they of a role as they play in this offense. And then for BYU's offense, obviously everyone's going to focus on the quarterback position and, and seeing what Zach Wilson can do today. Obviously, we mentioned that that Jaron Hall is the backup. Um, I, I'm really curious to see if if maybe we see him, uh, maybe for a couple you know a play here or there just to mix things up, give him an opportunity. Uh, to to get on the field, I think that's one of the one of the things I'm curious to see is if Jaron Hall is used, and certainly if he is your backup, which he is. You know, you certainly don't want to be taking a ton of uh, of risks with him, knowing um, that that you're one injury away from having to use him in the game. But I, I'm curious to see the adjustments that the BYU offense makes, and and certainly I, I think it's going to come down. You, I think you're going to have to have some sort, and we say this every week. I mean, it's not like it's it's something new or you know groundbreaking, but BYU's got to find a way to get something out of the ground game because it, it will just significantly open up what BYU can do through the air. You mentioned Jaren, giving Jaron Hall some snaps, and that's uh, I just don't want there to be any misconceptions that somehow like that's a charity. Ca- oh, let's get you know Jaron. He's had a couple of injuries, and let's give him something out of the goodness of our hearts. No, this Jaron Hall has earned the right. Yes, to play he in has. This game. He has earned the right, and he he's had that. You look at that first half against Utah State. He was on pace for about four hundred passing and another hundred plus rushing. Right. Uh, I, those that may not have held. It was the best half BYU's had at the quarterback position. And no question it has. And so and then you mentioned a couple aspects of you want to be careful if he's your backup. Well, there is no game after this. So to talk to that a little bit. One, this is a guy who, um, you know, that that head injury, it was kind of an innocuous head injury uh, when he took that hit on the touchdown he scored against Utah State. So you actually want to, you don't want him waiting a whole nother eight months before he gets live contact and takes another one of those hits questioning whether or not he's going to be able to you know sustain that hit or not so to get him in there and let him get popped let him get hit let him get running around I think erases those questions not only for him uh, but for his teammates and then the second aspect that you alluded to is by inserting him into the game you're, you're at a very minimum going to cause Hawaii to burn some timeouts and at a at a potential you got the chance for a big play or uh, to really wreak some havoc on the UH defense by giving them a different look that Jaron Hall allows you to give yeah Jaron Hall is a weapon that you can use uh, in a myriad of different ways and it's regardless of how good Zach Wilson is playing I expect to have a good game from Zach Wilson I I expect him to uh, to want to kind of right the ship after what happened against San Diego State you know the the offense was not working well at all um, and he had talked about that you know he there's a lot of things that he learned about that performance I expect Zach Wilson to have a, a pretty good day today but but you have a weapon like 
like Jaron Hall. And I'm, I agree with you. This is not a charity case. Like we need to, you know, you need to be able to, you know, give. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Hopefully you have all your Christmas shopping done because your time is running out. It is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is the big day, and we're getting ready for BYU football tonight. It is the Hawaii Bowl between BYU and the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. It's time now for Cougar Cuts, and as Riley and I have discussed, the regular season finale at San Diego State was not the result everybody expected. The offense struggled to score, and offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes talked about how the team approached that film and what they learned from that game as they moved forward to tonight we went back and watched about 25 plays from that san diego state game again just because i wanted them to have a fresh mind um on on the reasons that we didn't do as well as we could have in our last game you know and i talked about in that situation where you're coming off of a game then coaches spend a lot of that next week recruiting then you kind of come back now we know our bowl opponent we're getting refocused a little bit on football I said it would be real easy to just sweep that one under the rug and move on but if you do that then you really don't gain the opportunity that you can to learn from it and so you know we had 25 first downs and over 400 yards more than anybody I think had on them but um, we made some critical mistakes namely turning the football over and then um couple of penalties and they just didn't make a couple plays when we had opportunities to and and a lot of those plays that we have made and and some of that credit goes to San Diego State they're really good on defense and they're not a top 10 defense in the country uh, by accident they've earned that Um, but I think we certainly could have played better and made plays at more opportune times so this week I've seen a real focus and I've seen um, a renewed hunger to improve and and glad to have the chance to prove ourselves once again. And Riley, I mean, you know better than anybody as as a quarterback for for BYU. I mean, winning and losing the difference between those is razor thin. It's it's a mistake here or there, and it completely throws everything out of whack. And and like like Coach Grimes was talking about, BYU was able to move the ball, but some mistakes and some execution issues cost them from being able to put points on the board. Yeah, for those who follow the NFL, you look at the Seattle Seahawks, and while they possess one of the best records in the NFL of their 11 wins, uh, I believe at last time I checked, seven of them have come from in games that were decided by five points or less. So it is razor thin. Now, and it's not completely up to chance. I think there is an element of chance, meaning you get the you get the good break or the ball bounces your way or you get a, a turnover at the right time, but you also create that kind of luck or good fortune, and that's something that – this BYU team has shown at times, uh, but needs to not just not only is that vital for this game to win today, but it's vital to prove to yourself and learn as this young core returns back next year that that is a part of their identity of this team. With BYU dealing with so many injuries throughout the season, having the time between the end of the regular season and the bowl game is a big deal to get these guys healthier. One of those players is quarterback Zach Wilson, who talked about how he's approached the extra rest and practice time. It gives you that little bit of rest. It's kind of like the end of the season where you can refresh and, and kind of say to yourself, you know what, you know, what things do I need to get better at throughout the year? And you know, unfortunately for me, I've had some, you know, some crappy injuries. So, you know, I think the best thing for me is I got one more month to strengthen and heal and, and feel, you know, physically just better for this game and, you know, and where I want to be at. And so, you know, I'd say this is probably the best, best I've felt, you know, personally since since the beginning of the year, so I'll be you know, excited to get after these guys. 
And certainly that's a good sign if, if it's the best he's felt in a really long time. And that really is what this time is about, Riley. It's all about getting the extra practices, getting that extra practice time, but also healing up. Yeah, I had that same shoulder injury that Zach had, and it truly was, I had it in 2010, and it really wasn't until about halfway through the 2011 season that I felt like my old self, and uh, so I know Zach's experienced a little bit of that. He talked about that, and unfortunately, right as his shoulder was feeling better, we heard him talk about that through the midpoint of the season, he hurt his hand, which even even though you're medically cleared to play, here's maybe a misconception that some of the people out there might have, is if you're cleared medically to play, that doesn't mean that you feel in tip-top shape. It means that you are medically cleared, so you're not at a medical risk, and two, the coaches deem that you meet kind of the minimum level of criteria for for productivity. So uh, glad to hear those uh, words coming out of Zach. He's going to need to be at his physical best as well as his mental best uh, for this game today. The Hawaii offense, obviously a dangerous group to face because of the weapons they have and the numbers they're putting up. Linebacker Isaiah Kafusi says it's all going to come down to how BYU defends quarterback Cole McDonald. You know, they have just a lot of solid players all around. You know, they have a 1,000-yard receiver, and, and the next receivers are all pretty close and, and receiving yards, and their quarterback is great. You know, it really, I think the offense really starts with their quarterback. You know, I mean, he's just got, you know, 3,600 yards passing this year, and he's just, I mean, he's a stud. You know, he's really tall and lanky, and I think that he gets the offense going, you know, when he's, when he's on. I think last year we dominated them because I think we kind of understood, you know, that he is, is their, their role player. And so, you know, that's just how that, their offense is. It, it starts with the quarterback. So we, you know, get after him this, this year and, and really just prevent him from, from being really good. You know, Riley, and I mentioned this to begin the, uh, the pregame, BYU, this was the talk, very similar talk about this offense last year when they came into Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And BYU's defense did a fantastic job of confusing Cole McDonald and slowing down this offense. I'm really looking forward to this matchup with BYU's defense today. As am I. One aspect that uh, I'll throw in there that they forgot about Cole McDonald, he's averaging 4.5 yards a carry with six touchdowns on the ground and another 400 yards. So that is an element that uh, they'll do. But you're right. BYU has proven this team has seen this same player come in and basically shut him down or at least uh, was able from a team effort to really put a hurting on Hawaii last year so it's not about that I'll, I will say this one thing that would be great for the defense uh, as you have Kafusi on the defensive side of the ball that would be great for the defense to produce and one thing that the offense can't do is if you can take a couple possessions away from them yeah. by uh, managing turnovers and then not give any of those back by playing clean football on the offensive side that means a lot in slowing down and limiting the effectiveness of this run and shoot offense led by Cole McDonald. I agree 100%. Coming up next, I go one-on-one with senior wideout Talon Shumway in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. They're former conference foes, BYU and Hawaii this time. It's for a bowl game, the Hawaii Bowl from Aloha Stadium coming your way in just a little bit. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. Jason Shepard in our BYU radio studios. Riley Nelson, you'll hear him on the call with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, as well as Mitchell Jurgens on the sideline. You'll hear them coming up in just a little bit. Riley joining me here on Cougar Pregame Live. And 
For the first time this season, had a chance to talk with Talon Shumway. He's one of those players who is really good for at least one catch that makes you say wow during a game. The former Lone Peak Knight has 40 catches for 539 yards and four touchdowns. And his four touchdowns this season is more than his total TDs in his three previous seasons combined. It's been a nice year for Talon. This week's Shep Talk is with Talon Shumway, and I asked him how crazy this time of year is with bowl prep mixed with finals and the holidays. You just have something to do every hour of every day. Um, it's busy. It's very, very busy. Give me an idea of, of what it's like to, to have all of those things kind of hanging over you all at the same time. You've got to get the workouts ready. You've got practice, yeah. and you've got finals and, and studying for those kinds of things. Take me through what it's like. So for me, the last couple of weeks, I've been getting here at like 7 in the morning. Uh, doing school then football for whatever it is like five hours and then stay here till about 11 12 go home do it over again the next day but once once you're at the end like like today and you're one of the seniors so i mean are you you completely done with school at this point yeah so i'll I'll graduate on uh, technically i'll graduate on friday what is that feeling like by the way you you probably you come into college and it seems probably like it's this so far away and it's going to be this long thing and take forever and now that it's here is it crazy to think about that you're at that point right now i think it's more weird to be finishing football school doesn't seem much different because i'm going to be doing school for a long time so (laughs) uh yeah that that part just it never ends anyway so it doesn't really feel like it what is your plans in terms of school and, and moving forward so I am applying to med school this summer. That's hopefully the next step for me. A couple of weeks ago, you guys as seniors played your final home game, and now with this being your final game, with it being the bowl game, what emotions go through your mind when you think about that? I don't think anything will really like sink in until after the fact. I think we'll feel more emotion in hindsight than, than we will like in the moment just because we've yeah. been doing it for so long that it's not going to feel any different. Yeah. So it's just another fun game to play. What have the last couple of weeks been like in terms of the practices? And I, I know you guys as an, as an offense didn't have the type of performance that you guys wanted to have at San Diego State. So in terms of kind of correcting some of those mistakes and getting ready for Hawaii, what, what have the last couple of weeks been like for you guys on the practice field? This has been a lot of reps, which I think is a good thing. Like getting a few weeks to, to so just focus on one thing, and that's just repping our stuff and, and getting better. Other than that, it just feels the same. It's just it doesn't change a whole lot. Yeah, the intensity stays the same. I think it was Isaiah that Isaiah Kafusi that had said like a week ago that it's been work. I mean, these haven't been like light yeah, practices. No. Like the coaches have been really working you guys for this bowl game. It hasn't been any vacation at all. No, there's there's that little <laughs> there's that little piece of me that's just like let me retire in peace and <laughs> just kind of like simmer out. But obviously, like that can't be a real thing because uh, we got a game to play. But uh, yeah, it's been intense. It's, it hasn't felt any different than the rest of the season. It's, it's been a grind but it's fun what are your thoughts on this hawaii team their offense probably gets more of the attention because of how prolific they are what do you guys know about the defense and and what type of opportunities do you think there'll be for the offense over there it's a really good defense one of the better ones that we've uh we faced much improved from last year and so i think it'll be a good challenge for us does it help that this is the third year in a row that you'll now have played this team does it help with familiarity and obviously every team year in and year out there's always changes to yeah. it but having that familiarity does it help in terms of the prep every year is a different team so in looking at them, they're just they're a totally different team than, than they were last year. So there's not much to draw on from uh, previous years. We just we know they're good. How would you describe your own season this year? Um, just pretty much mirrored the team, just ups and downs. And uh, I've been happy to, to stay healthy all year and uh, to, to be a 
part of some some cool games. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the season so far. Is there a moment, maybe this year throughout your career, that stands out to you more than another? No, that's that's another one of those things that it's going to take some some time to kind of unravel all the memories and and kind of remember them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that'll be like down the road. Looking back, I'll, I'll feel more and, and, and think about it more, but I, I couldn't. All right, one more football question before we get to the personality question. So f- from an offensive perspective, what do you feel is, is your most important thing that has to be done Christmas Eve in order to get that win? Score, score, score. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, at the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the end zone doesn't matter what else you do and we've seen that you can do everything else but if you don't do that it's all for naught so yeah got to get in the end zone i want to get the end zone (laughs) it's always the goal isn't it all right we'll wrap things up with the uh, with the final four questions your favorite athlete growing up was who oh man uh i didn't watch a whole lot of sports growing up um who's your favorite athlete now i still don't watch sports Really? It's just not your thing. You've never been a, like, watching? It's not my hobby. I, sports, like, other than golf, sports has nothing to do with any of my hobbies. Do you have a favorite golfer? I mean, Tiger would seem to be an obvious guy. There's a lot of great golfers. I, again, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't pick favorites with people. It, it's kind of hard. Yeah. I, I wish I had an answer. <laughs> okay, you, uh, you can go anywhere on vacation. Where are you going? Oh, man, Alaska. Why, I have not had Alaska sit, so why Alaska? Alaska is the most beautiful place in the world. Uh, I'm like an outdoorsy guy, yeah. so uh, that's like the ultimate destination. Have you been there before? No, I haven't. I'd like, I th- we're planning on going this year. My wife and I haven't taken any vacations for a few years, so we might end up going to Alaska. So Now, I'm curious, if you're not a sports guy, I'm curious if you're a movie guy. What's the last oh, yeah. m- Okay, we got, we got the thumbs up on that. What's the last movie you saw in a theater? In a theater? It's probably just a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh, um, the new Christmas one, uh, Last Christmas. Okay. Very funny. It's obviously that, that time of year, seeing a Christmas movie is appropriate. All right, last question. What does it mean to you to wear the Y? Uh, for me, it was my childhood dream to play here ever since I was like six. So for me, it's you know a dream fulfilled, and you know, I'll be proud of it the rest of my life. I'll be a big fan forever. Thank you for taking the time. Good luck over in Hawaii, and appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. That was senior wide receiver Talon Shumway for this week's edition of Shep Talk. Now we're going to visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But next, we get our weekly QB read with Riley. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Jeff hanging out in our BYU radio studios in Provo. Riley Nelson at Aloha Stadium in Honolulu. Get you ready for the Hawaii Bowl between BYU and Hawaii. And and Riley, we've been talking a lot about this during pregame. Not only is it important for BYU to get the win today, to get the eighth win, and, and to improve on last year's season, but it has so much to do with jump-starting your off-season preparations and that leads us right into your QB read with Riley for tonight. The title of QB read for the this final game of the season actually is looking forward to next season 2020 as uh, I'm going to talk a few points about how this game should be considered or what I think the best approach to this game is to consider this not as the 13th game of the 2019 season but as week zero or the first game of the 2020 season. Coach Urban Meyer, who's been... Uh, one of the most success, who is one of the most successful uh, 
football coaches in college football history and definitely one of the best since uh, the year 2000. Uh, I had a chance to hear him speak once, and he talked about the concept of that building is energizing, that you have to con- – this was kind of at a business event, so he's talking about building businesses and building companies, but you have to have something that people can build upon and build around. Whenever you feel like something's coming to an end or it's completed, energy wanes, focus wanes, and therefore performance lessens. So you have to keep the team – or you have to – keep believing that you are that you are building so approaching this game as week zero of 2020 rather than the end of 2019 is going to give you a better chance for high performance in this game I also heard an interview uh, with this year's Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow when he talked about what the bowl opportunity to prepare for the Fiesta Bowl last year when LSU played UCF um, what that did for him and that it was he mentioned that he transferred from Ohio State to LSU and did not get a spring ball with them so he used the bowl practices as a spring ball a chance to familiarize himself more with his wide receivers to gel more with his teammates in a way Zach Wilson's dealing with the same thing having missed spring ball with his surgically operated right shoulder he didn't have that and uh, even missed some time during the season so it was even a little bit more diluted than Joe Burrow's experience in last year but Joe Burrow said that was the turning point not only for him and his career and development as a quarterback but for that LSU program to take that next step from being you know a really good program that plays in the Fiesta Bowl to now being what most people see as the national championship favorite so hopefully that the BYU offense and and Zach himself is the leader of this team and and of that offense took that approach to treat the bowl prep as a as a spring ball um, in the winter Another interesting example for for kind of treating this as game zero is if you are Zach Wilson, a lot of things have happened in this uh, in this season, including uh, two other quarterbacks got a chance to not only play but also succeed. And they're both underclassmen. And they're both guys who are going to share the program with you. So competition never hurt anyone. Uh, you got to put on your big boy pants and you got to go out there and prove that what you can do. For Zach, he gets the opportunity of taking the first snaps and being the guy that uh, gets trotted out there. And so hopefully there's a little bit of extra incentive. Not that Zach ever would you know, rest on his laurels or would relax, but that added heat or that added motivation is going to be something that's really excited as well as, you know, maybe we'll see if the staff gives Jaron a chance to uh, come back in and and, uh, to be the weapon that he was we saw against uh, South Florida and Utah State. Um, then then once you kind of establish all of those things, looking forward towards the future, towards the future and building, you also motivate at the same time the upperclassmen, more uh, more specifically the seniors, to really put a cap and a statement. You know, we, uh, 2012, I was fortunate enough, we uh, were 4-0 during my four years at BYU, but none more special than the 2000 win against the Poinsettable. And that wasn't even one particularly, I actually didn't get to play, I was out with injury, um, and the offense didn't play particularly well as we scored three touchdowns in two of them were defensive um, but we were able to get a win against San Diego State a game very similar like this the point set in San Diego we played San Diego State so it essentially was a home game for them in their bowl game and we were able to come away with a victory it was very special something that uh, you know to be able to finish my career on a positive note in a, in a competitive environment was something that I remember very fondly and then 
as you do all those things, hopefully this is an opportunity. I've mentioned earlier in the pregame show that we need maturity. There Maybe a little bit of lack of maturity when we faced that lull against Idaho State. UMass and came out flat against uh, San Diego State. Well, this is a, an opportunity to, to show that you have maturity. You can handle a bowl practice, take care of business in a bowl, and then handle a winter conditioning and a spring ball preparing to take the next step forward as the 2020 season kicks off. Great stuff, Riley. Always uh, appreciate the time you put into those. You know, like here's the other. Here's you mentioned finishing strong for the seniors. Like when you look at the at the seniors, look every every year you're going to lose seniors. There, there's always going to be players that you've counted on that are going to graduate. That's that's just what happens in college athletics. But but you look at some of the seniors that BYU is losing. I mean, you're talking about significant contributors. To, to what BYU has done on, on both sides of the ball. That doesn't even take into account, you know, players such as Matt Bushman or Kairos Tonga, who, you know, certainly have options. Uh, they're going to decide whether or not they come back to school. So, so this, there's going to be opportunities for guys moving forward, and, and this, is a, this is a great game to be able to showcase yourself heading into the offseason where some of those battles will be won. Yeah, and it's a chance. Uh, hopefully, the, you hope that the younger players are taking full opportunity to not just learn the kind of nuances of the position and that technical aspect, but to also learn from the leadership of these guys. Because while you look across the scene, you've got a bunch of solid players, but it's not like they're losing a Jamal Williams in an all-time you know leading rusher, or Cody Hoffman an all-time leading receiver, or someone you know someone with that kind of singular impact on the offense. But rather, you have a group of guys like Diane Gomalaku, Mike and Su- Mike Simon, yeah. Talon Shumway, who you just interviewed. You know these guys who have just been stabilizing factors in this program for the entire four or five years that they've that they've been in Provo and with this BYU football program and you, you hope that the, the guys have taken the time to pass that baton formally and uh, not and really kind of lessen or reduce the void left by those guys because there will be one left no matter what you do. He is the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel and we are going to talk with him next as Cougar Pregame Live continues on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Getting ready for the Hawaii Bowl. It is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow's Christmas Day, but the presents hoping to come early tonight. BYU and Hawaii Cougars looking for their eighth win of the season. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk with former receiver, our sideline reporter here on the radio broadcast, Mitchell Jurgens. He'll join me coming up in just a little bit. Plus, you're going to hear from the head coach of the Rainbow Warriors, Nick Rolovich. But right now, always happy to have on the voice of the Cougars. Joining us now, Greg Rubel. Aloha, Greg Rubel. How are you? Aloha, Shep. I am well. So uh, you were just in uh, Hawaii a couple of weeks ago. What, about a month ago? A little, yeah. little less than a month ago? Week. Thanksgiving week. Yes. Yeah. So what is it like for you to be able, in the course of a month's time, to be in Hawaii twice? <laughs> well, I have to stop taking it for granted because there are people <laughs> like Mitchell Jurgens who had never been to Hawaii before this weekend. Uh, you're talking to someone who's never been to Hawaii. And, and Jason Shepard's never been to Hawaii. So uh, even though I've lost track of the number of times I've been to the islands, <laughs> most for games, but some for just leisure and vacations, um, yeah, it, it never gets old. It's, it's never a bad trip. Even when it's a quick one, like a 48-hour in and out like we're doing this week, or at least I'm doing this weekend, uh, having done the Weber State game Saturday night back at home in hoops. So it's a quick one, but uh, even a quick one's a great one, you know? Yeah, and, and certainly BYU-Hawaii, it brings back memories of, 
of this rivalry uh, when they were in the same conference and uh, you know, obviously, everybody immediately wants to go back to 2001, where BYU was undefeated. We don't need to get into that because that didn't turn out uh, the Cougars' way. Uh, but it's certainly, it, it's fun to play these teams that that you can look back on and have a history between these two teams. Not only does the extra time, Greg, uh, between the regular season finale and then the bowl game, give the team extra practice time, it also allows the team, if they're dealing with injuries, to maybe get some of these guys back. You just talked with head coach Kalani Satake. Everybody will hear that interview in its entirety in about a half an hour or so. How is this team doing in terms of health? Okay, better in a lot of areas. Uh, let's start with the fact that uh, Jaron Hall will actually be able to play should BYU want to put him out there today, and that hasn't been the case for weeks, and that's a big deal. And I, I don't know that it should get down to the three. I hope it wouldn't, but uh, Baylor Romney is, uh, at least Kalani says, is, is available. But uh, I'd like to see Jaron back on the field again, just from a personal standpoint. Uh, I would hate to have his season end the way it did due to injury, and even if it's a series or two, and even if things are going well for BYU offensively, I think putting him on the field uh, gives Hawaii a lot to have to deal with, a lot to think about. So um, he's more ready than he's been, and this three-and-a-half-week break since the San Diego State game has gotten him cleared and ready, and so uh, that's, that's, I think, a real positive. Emmanuel Asupa hasn't been seen for a long time as well, Shep, and he's been cleared, and he could play today, should play today. So your running backs, uh, one, two, three, uh, Katoa, Algier, Asupa in some order. And uh, Kalani also did mention that Jackson McChesney uh, is the fourth. But uh, the fact that a soup is back in the top three is kind of the news there. Defensively, uh, Kalani was hinting at the fact that uh, Bracken Bakri may not be able to go. And I think he's still in, in, in that same question mark category, according to Kalani a moment ago. So uh, Bracken Bakri and Austin Lee is also someone that may not be able to go today. So at least questionable for both those guys. So Lee and Bakri, a couple but other than that, uh, the the three-and-a-half-week break has done well to get uh, most everybody ready to go here today. And you were bringing up the uh, you know the many times BYU's played here, and I still recall uh, it was a long, long time ago. It might have even been my first trip here back in 1992. I can't remember exactly the situation, but I know it was a game BYU lost, and it was just a heartbreak. And I was, I was young at the time, still in maybe my 20s, and just barely getting going with PJ on his crew. And I was just like, I was, I was just heartbroken. I, I, I remember the, the game here in Hawaii, and, and it started to rain after the game, and I was just, just, just really down. Just how, how did BYU lose? And, and uh, that was back when you know losses would sit with me for quite a while, and uh, it, it just kind of, rem- I remember just how, 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 uh, how dismal a feeling, and yet how, uh, and how, how beautiful a setting uh, here in Honolulu. But. Uh, for, you know, more often than not, the results here has been positive. Uh, BYU, I think, is what thirteen and eight in games played in Honolulu against Hawaii here at Aloha Stadium. So, uh, a good record overall, and hopefully, a good performance here today is in store. Greg, some people think it lessens the sting of it, if you expect this to be like today's game, where you expect it to be competitive. I think it makes it worse. In other words, people, some people would rather get blown out than um, than lose a close one. Today, I think, is going to be a close one regardless. You mentioned uh, the the health of the team has and the special considerations to different people and the health of them. What about schematically? What uh, sense did you get from the coaches and players about doing anything different, or, do, or is it more been we have to take care of business as usual? Yeah, I, I didn't get a sense of different, and I did get a sense that um, how BYU handled UH last year in Provo 
is um, is what they would, uh, I think, seek to repeat here today. It was it was Zach Wilson's first start, but BYU played a really balanced game that day. And even though guys like John Ursua got their yardage and, and, and Hawaii's numbers were, were decent, they weren't great. They, weren't, they, they were below average. And I think if you can just keep Hawaii below their average numbers, and now keeping in mind that, that Hawaii's been in some shootouts, they've also won some lower-scoring games, including the game against San Diego State a few weeks ago. In fact, if you look at their last four games, they've not topped 20 in three of the four. So it, it, it's a prolific run and shoot, but they have been having to either win grinders or have been falling short in lower scoring games. Didn't score a lot against Boise State to end the regular season. Uh, you know that score is thirty-one to ten, and so they're not necessarily you know firing on all cylinders right now here at the end of the season. Hawaii, that is. What would an eighth win, Greg, mean for this team and this program? Do you think? Well, it's it's only one game difference from last year, Shep, but I think it's meaningful. I, I think I think the same seven and six record would leave just kind of a blah taste. Uh, losing back to back games to end the year, as 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 uh, you know poorly as the offense did against San Diego State, to not bounce back and get one in the next opportunity would be uh, would be if if not a regression, you're kind of flatlining, and that's not what you want to be. And so I think with all the positivity that existed in BYU's five game win streak and Kalani's extension and feeling that the quarterback room was as full as it's ever been, um, to not uh, end the season with a win, I think, again, would leave kind of a flat taste, and, and you never want to hit an off season on back-to-back losses. And You want to make an improvement. You want to go say, yeah, we were a seven-win team last year. We're an eight-win team this year. Just showing some kind of progress, and hopefully that's what we see. And, guys, before I let both of you go, I've got to, I've got to, it's Christmas Eve. I have to ask you a Christmas question, and, and you, you can't uh, – ta- by the way, I'm taking a win tonight off the table. It's a two-part question. I want both of you guys to answer this question. Number one, what was the best Christmas gift you ever received? And follow that up with what do you want for Christmas this year? And again, you cannot say a BYU win. Riley, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, so I'm not necessarily a Chargers fan, but it came at a very pivotal point in my life. I think I was 15 years old. LaDainian Tomlinson was, I don't know if he was MVP, but he was first-team All-NFL, All-Pro. You know, he's a dual-threat guy back there. And that was the first year they brought back the Charger Powder Blues. Mm. And so the first authentic NFL jersey I ever got was a Charger Powder Blue LaDamian Tomlinson jersey. That was, I remember being the most, more pumped for that gift than any other gift I've, I've ever received. And the ironic thing was I was so scared to wear it for fear that I or someone else would spill something on it. It sat in my <laughs> closet mostly, but I still treasure it. I still have it today. But okay, so that, that was my first one. Very nice. So now what do you want? What are you hoping? Because we know Santa listens to Cougar Pregame Live. What are you wanting for Christmas tomorrow? So I'm going to get out and, and surf a little bit. And what I want is uh, for my shoulders, which are t- out of terrible, and I'm just generally out of surfing shape, I'd like a little bit of a second win there so I can enjoy paddling out through the surf and enjoy that uh, experience out on the North Shore. Okay, Greg, your turn. Okay, for the record, I've never been in surfing shape, so I don't know what Riley's talking about. <laughs> uh, best, best gift, uh, mid-1980s, living in Calgary, the Calgary Flames and Edmonton Oilers would play the day after Christmas every year. And uh, the hardest ticket to get of the season, obviously. And one year, my dad got my little brother and I two tickets to the Flames and Oilers day after Christmas, back when Gretzky was playing and it was as hot a rivalry as there was in the NHL. And that, to this day, stands out as, as among the very, very best presents we've ever received. Now, I fast forward to say that, that an even better gift came in 1992 when BYU played 
its only previous Island postseason game in the 1992 Aloha Bowl. That was my first year on Paul James' radio crew, but I was unable to make the bowl game because on December 23rd of that year, two days before the bowl game, our first child, Jocelyn, was born. So she was a pretty good Christmas present, too. <laughs> and so uh, between hockey tickets and your firstborn, I mean, yeah. it's a push. It's a push. It really is. <laughs> uh, and then uh, what I want, I want to get home in time tomorrow. That's what I want. <laughs> I want I, I'm, I'm, no I'm, delays. I've got the red eye tonight. I'm just hoping to get home in time tomorrow, mm-hmm. in time for some presents still to be opened and hopefully not be dark yet and still be able to soak in Christmas Day. Great stuff, guys. Uh, we'll let you uh, we'll let you move on a little bit and get ready for your portion of pregame. Just talking to you is a present enough for me. Thank you, Shep. Thank you, guys. There <laughs> we go. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. You'll hear both of them coming up in just a little bit. We're going to talk with Mitchell Jurgens coming up on the other side after we pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, KUMT Randolph, and KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Just Jason, hanging out, getting you ready for the Hawaii Bowl. Joined now by former receiver. You'll hear him on the sidelines. Shouldn't have to deal with any uh, extra layers of clothing today because he's in Hawaii. Mitchell, uh, you've, uh, you've hit the jackpot in terms of sideline gigs for today. Yeah, this is my kind of football, Jason. <laughs> um, when I'm not running around out there as a player... The only thing I can ask for is good weather, and uh, and that means warm weather for yeah. me. So, so I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm in a good position. Lo- loving this. So, how did how did you hand how do you handle the reward and the fun aspect of a bowl game? Because it is a reward. You you've gone through a regular season and you've got enough wins, and and this is a celebration of a season. So it is a reward. But on the other side, you have to put in the work that needs to be put in because it is a football game. How do you balance that? Yeah, you know, as a player, you just need to be able to separate the two for what they are and be in the moment for each when that time is appropriate. You know, for example, when, when you have a team meeting or position meetings um, or practice, you got to be locked in and 100% focused on preparing yourself to win a football game. You know, and if you're watching film, you shouldn't be looking out the window at the waves crashing, you know, on shore thinking, man, I just can't wait for this to be over so I can get out and, and, and catch some waves, right? Um, and so you've got to be locked in when that time is is right. And, you know, you go to the other side, you know, when it's time to enjoy Hawaii and the bowl game festivities, you know, put a smile on your face, laugh and enjoy with your teammates, friends and family, and, and don't feel bad about doing that because that's what players should be doing is enjoying this experience for what it is. Um, and so, you know, all in all, you just need to be able to separate the two. And, and the last thing is, you know, players got to be smart, um, you know, focus up when it's business, enjoy when it's appropriate, when it's, you know, when it's not. Um, but uh, with that said, they need to get appropriate rest. Um, so be in bed at a, a, you know, at a decent hour. Um, don't eat like you're on vacation because this isn't vacation. <laughs> it's a business trip. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, just be able to separate the two and, and enjoy the bowl game for what it is. And then when it's game time, um, when it's, you know, preparation time, be locked in. Well, and I saw a tweet from Fessy Satake about an hour, maybe two hours ago, and he was talking about how much fun 
uh, they've had in Hawaii, but he said, this is not what we came for. We came here to win a football game, and, and that's the mindset this team is taking. They know what's on the line and how important a, a game like this is uh, going into the offseason. And obviously one of the things that we focus the majority of pregame on is what BYU can do defensively to slow down this Hawaii offense. What do you think the Cougars can do to keep this, this Rainbow Warrior offense in check? Yeah, so the biggest thing for me, you know, when I look at this game is these players, you know, BYU defensively, um, these these defensive players don't get discouraged when Hawaii makes plays or drives down the field to score, Um, you know, because it's going to happen. These players, um, they need to have a short-term memory in terms of, you know, going to the next player, the next drive. Um, because Hawaii, they have a powerful and explosive offense, and they will make plays. Um, but on the flip side, they turn the ball over a lot. So BYU needs that short-term memory because opportunities to take the ball away will come, and they just need to be prepared for that. Um, the other thing I want to say, too, is you know that's going to be key for the defense is be locked in in the red zone. Not that you shouldn't take plays off. Um, you know, for, you know, an entire drive. But when the red zone comes, play your best football because, you know, turnovers are turnovers and they're going to they're gonna provide momentum to, to the team that, um, you know, receives, is on the, the receiving end of that turnover. But when there are turnovers in the red zone, those are game-changing. Um, and so that, that's kind of my key for the defense is when, it's the, when, when, the, when Hawaii gets in the red zone, be locked in and play stout defense like everything depends on it. Well, and let's switch to the other side of the ball for BYU. The offense looking to fix things after a less-than-stellar performance on the road at San Diego State in the regular season finale. They've had a couple of weeks to make some adjustments and, and work on some of the things that didn't work against the Aztecs. What type of offensive performance do you expect tonight? Yeah, so uh, number one, just to kind of talk about that performance, you know, a month ago against San Diego State, uh, you know, Hawaii's defense is not the SDSU defense. Um, So even if BYU doesn't fix some of the issues they had, um, they shouldn't or they should be able to get over the hurdle of scoring more than three points just based on opponent. Um, Now, with that said, you know, that's not the attitude you have to win a football game. Um, But I do just want to point out that, you know, we shouldn't forget that SDSU was a good team and they have a top ranked defense for a reason. Um, However, you know, what we saw, I'm going to go to last year, the bowl game against Western Michigan, um, with a month to prepare after the season-ending loss against Utah. That was a kind of a heartbreaker, just kind of what we experienced with SDSU a month ago. Um, And in 2018, when when BYU lost to Utah, they turned around and put up, you know, a majestic performance against Western Michigan. You know, Zach Wilson was near perfect. They put up 49 points. And and so that's what I'm expecting to see is, you know, I I don't expect perfection out there, um, but they're going to put up a lot of points. They've had a month to prepare, and BYU has proven last year that given that month, they can correct some things. And so I I do expect to see that. Um, You know, I'm hoping 40-plus points. Um, not only because they can, but they're going to need to. This Hawaii offense is dominant. Um, they, they're explosive, and they're going to put up points. And so to win this football game, I think the offense needs to be dialed in um, and put up you know, 30 to hopefully 40-plus points to secure a good victory here in Hawaii. Is there, what's the crowd looking like right now? This is an interesting thing. I, you know, it's, it's Christmas Eve, and you know, the good news is for people, 
people watching or listening, it, it's literally the only sporting event going on right now. But in terms of people showing up, have you heard anything in terms of tickets and what they expect? Because honestly, in, in a stadium, I think Aloha Stadium's at least 50,000, if not bigger. I mean, you could have a decent crowd, but because it's so big, it may not necessarily look like there's a lot of people there. Have you heard anything on what they're expecting with that? As far as attendance numbers, I'm not sure, but the word's definitely out there. I mean, you know, I've been in Hawaii since Thursday, so I've been here about a week, and everyone knows about the game. Yeah. And so I expect there to be, you know, a pretty good turnout. We've got some, you know, fans already trickling in. Um, it's, it's definitely not full yet, but we still have about an hour before kick. So um, as far as attendance numbers, I'm not sure, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a pretty good crowd. All right, last thing, real quick. Uh, you, I'm sure you heard when I asked Greg and Riley. So yeah. what's the best Christmas gift you ever got, and what are you wanting uh, this year for Christmas? So, so best You better Christmas. not say you want a James Harden jersey. <laughs> no, not a James Harden jersey. Maybe a Westbrook jersey, oh, if gosh. that helps. Uh, <laughs> go Rockets, baby. No, go Jazz. <laughs> um, no, so w- if I go back to one of the best gifts that I've ever received – um, I, I'm going to go to my 16th birthday and, or sorry, I, when I say birthday, I, I kind of couple birthday and Christmas together. Cause I'm a, my birthday is actually December 27th. Oh. So I, I, you know, when I look back, I, I can't really distinguish what was a, what was a birthday gift? What was a Christmas <laughs> gift? Um, but when I go back, um, when, when I was turning 16, so around that time, um, I got, um, my, my brother and I, Garrett, we shared a truck and uh, and my dad put a bass subwoofer in the truck. And so, you know, that was a time where, you know, if you weren't bumping on the way to school, <laughs> it wasn't cool enough. So we got one of those put in. That was an awesome gift. And uh, um, I, I don't know if my ears could handle that now. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. All right, and what are you wanting for Christmas tomorrow? Ooh, Christmas tomorrow. How about a a nice flight? So we actually, I, my my wife and I'm here with my wife mm-hmm. and uh, and 14 month old. And as you can probably imagine, at 14 <laughs> months, babies can be you know pretty restless yes. uh, on a long flight. And so I'm just hoping for a nice clean flight. I want I want some good rest. Um, but uh, no, I mean when it comes to the holidays, I just love spending time with family. So looking forward to to being with family tomorrow and and just enjoy the day for what it is and and hopefully get to um, you know enjoy a, a BYU win. Yeah, so that, that's that's what I'm pulling for. Very very sensible, Mitch. Very sensible. Hey, All right. thank you. Great stuff. Appreciate it. We'll hear you with Greg and Riley coming up. Okay, thanks, Jason. All right, coming up on the other side, Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich on Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU and Hawaii coming up in just a little bit in the Hawaii Bowl at Aloha Stadium. The Rainbow Warriors are coached by Nick Rolovich, former quarterback for the Rainbow Warriors in his, in his fourth season at the helm of the football program. And I talked with him this week, and I asked him if he'd rather give his team the full bowl experience and play somewhere other than at home. Well, we travel enough. I promise you that. Um, I think it's really nice for our team that, we, you know, we don't spend a lot of time just hanging out in Waikiki. Over here, you know, local people call it a staycation. And, and I think, of course, if there was a chance to go to a bigger bowl game down the road, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great aspiration for our program. But it's a wonderful bowl game, and a lot of people in the country would love to have been, be in this game, and we have to take that mindset. We've earned it. We have the opportunity to play 
a, a ter- terrific, terrific uh, traditional rival and be at home and enjoy Waikiki for four or five days. Well, and with it being on Christmas Eve, you've got a lot of people that are going to be tuning in because this is the only bowl game that night. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity for both teams for the exposure, for recruiting, for the fan bases. Um, you know, when the uh, when the Christmas dinner maybe turns political, you, everyone can go sit down and watch uh, <laughs> watch the, the Rainbow Warriors and and the Cougars get after it on Christmas Eve. Both teams are different from the teams that faced each other last year. That's just how things work. One year to the next, you may have some things that are the same, but every team evolves. Where do you feel your team has evolved the most? Uh, defensively, I think. The physicality. I think BYU is always known for their physicality and, and size and, and maturity. You know, I've just seen our team grow um, and play more physical on defense, and it's won us a bunch of games down the down the stretch here. So that is encouraging, and and probably comfort level within the offense. We've been consistent on special teams for a couple of years. That that I'm I'm proud of, and you know, but, but BYU. You know, I think with Roderick coming over and. You know, some of the things offensively, I think there's there's some more differences on the, the Cougar side. Kalani getting getting involved on the defense, I think, a little more is, is something that's made, a, made an impact on, on your guys' team. The offense nationally gets most of the attention, but you touched on, on your defense, and that's what I want to ask you about. You talked about how physical they've been. How would you characterize the play of your defense this year? Well, they fight. That's all we can ask of them. They fight for each other. Um, they don't want to let their their teammate down, especially the 11 that are on the field defensively. There's a real camaraderie on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I'm not sure if we can out-physical BYU, but I know we won't be scared to hang in there and, and, and try to, uh, to play physical with them. Talking with Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich here on Cougar Pregame Live. Well, your offense is one of the best in the country. It continues to roll. Obviously, Cole McDonald is the engine that makes it go, but, man, he has a lot of weapons around him. How, how much pride does this offense take in the numbers that they're putting up? I hope not too many or too much. Um, we really harp on unselfishness, and I think that is the the, the core element or emotion or – characteristic that um, makes the offense go. I told him there's only one pass play I can call where I know who's getting the ball, and that's that's a screen. You know, other than that, you have to play every one snap at a time as hard as you can because you never know because of the adjustments to the defense. Um, but there has to be a surrendering of the selfishness or statistical worries or you know when you let those go and just play and play within the offense. You know, it seems like the that's when the numbers build up the most. Where do you think Cole has improved the most from the team that came to Provo last year? Maturity. You know, well, he's a year more comfortable with the offense. Um, he's really consistently accurate with his, uh, I call it the quarterback, the, the core quarterback play where you're talking about protection, you're talking about identification of, of linebackers, um, I think he's a diligent studier of of defense. I think he enjoys the schematic part of it. He's extremely competitive, and he wants to win. He he does tons of you know you see the dreads, you see the tattoo, but his football passion is at a high level, and that I will I will always appreciate for uh, of him. You talked about. All right, that's the head coach of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Nick Rolovich. We're going to take a break, come back, and wrap things up on the other side on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. All right, that's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live here in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America Visa credit cards featuring triple rewards. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Merry Christmas, and aloha. Cougar football fans, welcome inside Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, Hawaii, for the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl. The BYU Cougars appearing in their 37th postseason game, but back in the islands for only the second time in the postseason. BYU returning to Aloha Stadium for a bowl game for the first time since the 1992 Aloha Bowl. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me, my broadcast partner, the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And Riley, last time you were in this stadium, back in 2011, you were lighting it up. 25 for 37, 363 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. BYU beat Hawaii 41 to 20. And the way the UH defense looks this year, BYU might get its point total up in the same neighborhood. Certainly, that's the hope after an offensive kind of a dud to end the regular season at San Diego State. So I think it's fair to say that the offense in particular is looking for a measure of redemption here today. Yes, I think redemption is a component of the motivation for this BYU offense today, but it uh, it should be a minor component as looking backwards to eliminate that bad taste in their mouth from the San Diego State. They should be looking forwards to what I think will be a track meet. They're going to need to get up into the 40s, as you just mentioned, in order to keep pace with this run-and-shoot Hawaii offense, which, while they've struggled of late, has proven to be formidable over the course of this season. Hawaii with a prolific pass attack. It's ranked sixth nationally in yards per game. But the offense as a whole, kind of hit and miss of late. Uh, The Rainbow Warriors have uh, topped 21 points only once in the last four games. And they're coming off a 10-point performance at Boise State, a team that BYU uh, beats, of course. But, of course, uh, BYU coming off a three-point outing at San Diego State, a team that Hawaii beats. So there's that. Uh, When we come back, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, head of his team's 13th and final game of the 2019 season. Hawaii, meantime, playing a 15th game, tying BYU, among other teams, for the most games ever played in a single college football campaign. Kalani's coming up next as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Honolulu, Hawaii for this Christmas Eve clash between BYU and Hawaii in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. It's UH's ninth Hawaii Bowl appearance and 11th postseason game in Honolulu. 13th bowl game all time for the Rainbow Warriors, who are also today playing a ninth home game 
in the 2019 season. For BYU, it's postseason appearance number 37 in an 18th different bowl game. It's first ever. It's a first ever Hawaii Bowl bid for BYU. BYU has won its last two bowl games and has won 12, eight of its last 12 overall. For head coach Kalani Sitake, it's his third bowl appearance in four seasons. He won his bowl debut in the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl, and then, of course, last year's Potato Bowl. Time now to hear from BYU's head coach, who got his team out to the islands on Friday night, practice day Saturday, walked through yesterday, and now it's time to play. And a short time ago, here at Aloha Stadium, I asked Kalani about the importance of uh, leaving the proper impression of the 2019 season with a strong showing here today. Yep, and we're excited for this game and the opportunity that we had to practice and uh, get our team better. You know, um, um, by that I mean develop a lot of the young guys and use a bunch of our practices to focus on one opponent. And uh, I think this is uh, something that would be really big, be really good for our program and, and seeing the, the the help that it did last year for our, our program and the young guys and and the amount of guys that actually saw the field this year. You know, we. It, it, it's the uh, best insurance that we can have is making sure that we get our guys more reps and, and get them more practice opportunities. How much of today, if anything, is about putting that last game in the review and saying that wasn't who we, we get a better last impression, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and these guys are good at, at putting that away. I, I, I felt like we learned as much as we could from that game and uh, really have kind of looked, looked past it now and, and other than the lessons that we've learned. and then What were some that were learned that are helpful? I think, I mean, obviously you've got to look at some of the positive things, but um, getting the ball in the end zone is number one, and then on defense is creating turnovers, and that's the two stats that we're going to try to focus on and hopefully get us a, a win that we need. You know, But uh, these guys have been really good at, at moving past uh, some of the difficult uh, losses and even moving past some of the some of the um, thrilling wins, you know. So uh, our guys have, have had this great approach at every week and every every next game is is more important. And and now this comes down to this one and being able to just know that this is a lot's riding on this being you know keeping the seniors happy and, and playing for in, in honor of them. So that's a big part of what what our focus has been on being out here in Hawaii. Now Hawaii is not San Diego State, but Hawaii did beat San Diego State, and that's and that's enough of an attention getter right there. Yeah, and they they, they play uh, really well at home, you know, and that's something that we're playing in their bowl game, so uh, we have to be ready for it. And and uh, you know, I, th- I think the extra time has been valuable for us and, and prepping for them and seeing a lot of different things that we we have been able to look at. That's different than just a, a three or four practice week. Now we've had so many more that to focus on one opponent. And I think we've done well with the, with the time and, and the history that we have in bowl games. Okay, what do you think of the uh, Rainbow Warriors? Yeah, uh, physical, and you know they they run the ball as well on offense. And uh, I think uh, everyone thinks of them as the throwing team, but they also run the ball on average over five yards a carry. So uh, that's something that we have to be mindful of and be balanced on. And um, you know we're going to do some things defensively to see how they attack us, and then be able to adjust accordingly and and try to keep them on their heels. How about their defense? Defense, uh, very active, tackle well. They, they, they play assignment sound. You can tell they're well coached and physical team. So, uh, you know, they, they've been able to match up with some teams that, that have been in Power 5 and Pac-12 and, and play against some really physical teams and handle some pressure. So uh, I think uh, this is going to be good for our team and, and get the most out of our guys and looking forward to our guys playing at the best. Sometimes when you play a team in back-to-back years, the film doesn't necessarily translate one year to the next. But I think actually – there's actually enough carryover, right? Head coaches, coordinators, a lot of players are the same schemes. So I think you can look at what happened last year and say it means something, can't you? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's the same quarterbacks, you know, and the same players. And so I think that's something that you can look at. But I think if you're looking at how much improvement they've made, um, we've, we've improved too. Yes, so uh, we'll, we'll see how, how, how the matchup is this year and, and really looking forward to our guys playing. You know, I, I'm, I'm – 
we've been uh, kind of trying to create a lot of competition, but the guys have been uh, kind of getting after each other. So this is a, it comes at the right time where we need a game because the guys are getting really sick of beating each other up this entire 15 practices. What do you think schematically, though, worked against run and shoot that can still work again this year? From last year to this, well, I mean. it's the quarterback. You know, I think um, last year we were able to do some things and, and take away some things with scheme. But uh, I think when it comes down to it, the fundamentals of the game is going to be the most important: tackling well, and um, everyone doing their assignment, and, and making sure that all eleven players are playing really hard. And, and from what I've seen from our guys, I think the energy will be there, and, and I, I think these guys will play really hard, and, and uh, I think we'll have some success. So I, I'm looking forward to our guys playing good team football, having all three phase, phases click, and, and really looking forward to building on some momentum that we can create from the, from the practices. Last time you guys played, uh, Jaron Hall wasn't yet cleared to play in a game, evidently, and Baylor was still uh, a little banged up. How does your quarterback uh, situation look today uh, from starters on down? Yeah, both will be ready, and I think uh, the interesting part is that they both needed the, the extra time to, to heal uh, for both of those guys, and, and, and in the meantime, Zach has been able to get a lot of those reps, you know, so uh, whether Baylor was recovering from his injury or, or Jaron was just getting some time needed to, to rest from his, uh, the guy that benefited from all the work was, was Zach, and he needed all those reps and needed all those uh, things to work out and, and get some timing and get some things uh, rhythm going with their, with his uh, with his offense and so I think it all worked out for the best and and I, I credit our coaches for u- utilizing the time and and the reps uh, wisely and getting our guys ready and now it's time to roll our guys are really excited and and, they, and uh, just can't wait to get going in this game you get a running back back as well as soup returns yeah and we haven't had had the opportunity to see soup at full strength and I think he's very close uh, he's, he's looking forward to this game that's why he came here to you know, he transferred here to just have this opportunity to play in a bowl game, but also an opportunity to, to have a good season. It didn't go as well as he wanted with the injuries, but I think he's uh, looking forward to capitalizing all in one game. Well, you're undefeated in the postseason. Hope that stays true here for a few more hours. Hey, let's go, man. Let's go. And, and uh, love playing here. And, but, you know, these guys have been focused on the game. It's just it's nice that it's arrived because uh, trying to keep them focused any longer is going to be kind of hard with this place. But, but uh, the guys are just amped up, ready to roll. And it just seems like... The game was so far away, and now it's here, and, and there's a lot of anticipation and excitement within the, within the team. Well, thanks, Kalani. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you postgame. Let's go, Cougs. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake bringing us to the Homey Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homey, who reminds you that there's no place like home, like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homey's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homey Home Field Advantage. And tonight we talk about BYU making itself at home in the postseason as this will be BYU's 35th bowl appearance in the last 42 years. Over that span of time, only five programs have played in more postseason games. Ohio State, Florida, Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama. And that is excellent company. Break time now. And a reminder that title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. This is coverage of BYU and Hawaii in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Live from Aloha Stadium in Honolulu on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Also by Utah Honda Dealers. 
Let's head live to the Mobetta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Once again, good evening, happy holidays, and aloha. Cougar Nation, we welcome you back inside Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, Hawaii for the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl, the only game of the day on this Christmas Eve, and this is the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, it is the 7-5 BYU Cougars visiting the 9-5 Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. BYU, the first team ever to play a 15-game college football season, taking on Hawaii, the latest team to tie that record with a 15-game campaign. I am Greg Grubel with our open-air broadcast booth set up here alongside my commentary colleague Riley Nelson joining us in the booth. On-site engineer Doug Olson, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, spotter McKay Perry, and broadcast intern Nate Slack. Back in Provo, our pregame, halftime, and postgame host is Jason Shepard. Down on the field, it is former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew consisting of BYU radio engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Cole Wissinger, as well as broadcast intern Jeffrey Carroll, all of them back at the BYU Radio Studios in Provo. Great to have you spending your Christmas Eve with us on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is, of course, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. We are also over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM HD2, along with our over-the-air flagship KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You also hear us on the network affiliates over the air and streaming live globally on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, and the KSL Radio app. Broadcast archives and highlights can be accessed on the BYU Football Podcast and at byuradio.org. Well, what a difference a game makes because three and a half weeks ago, BYU was rolling into San Diego on a five-game win streak with thoughts of winning out to finish 9-4. and four. Instead, the San Diego State game happened and now BYU needs a win today to avoid slumping to a 7-6 and six record and back-to-back losses to end the year, which would be the same record, 7-6, and six, with which BYU ended last season. Riley, you always want to show progress, and 8-5 and five would be a step up from 7-6. and six. And It is just one game, but I think it's a really important game. It would keep Kalani uh, unbeaten in bowl games as well, and I think it would be a solid springboard into 2020. Winning a bowl game cannot be understated for what it means to a program from a recruiting standpoint. Heck, just entering into the what for college football players is a drudge of winter conditioning. Everyone talks about getting ready for spring ball, but you have eight weeks of conditioning, getting your body right. Less, you know, there seem to be less injuries and things like that when you can win a bowl game. And you mentioned the record. I would, I would argue that a seven and six record against this schedule is better than the seven and six schedule against last seasons but you bring up a great point greg not many fans or not people who kind of loosely follow byu is going to go to that kind of detail it's better to just put up a better record an improved record this year than you did last and not have to argue semantics or context so for many reasons this win would be a big one for the 2019 cougars we've got more of the cougar kickoff show coming up brought to you by the byu store after we remind you that this season byu football and mountain america credit union are changing lives for each field goal byu makes Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame coverage of BYU and Hawaii continues right after this. This is the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
you are listening live as we come your way from Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, Hawaii, where BYU's played 21 times before, winning 13. That is against Hawaii. They also played the 22nd game in the 1992 Aloha Bowl today. It is the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl, and BYU's second straight bowl game and third in four seasons under head coach Kalani Sitake. Now, last season ended with BYU's offense exploding for a 49-18 win over Western Michigan in the Potato Bowl. It was a game in which freshman quarterback Zach Wilson played the perfect game, 18 for 18, 300-plus yards, four touchdowns. That game was enough to convince observers that uh, Wilson was in line for a prolific four-year career. But then the off-season surgery, then the in-season injury. And a year later, Zach Wilson's not had the kind of season one would maybe, uh, maybe forecast the way last year ended. His completion percentage, touchdown-to-interception ratio, yards per attempt, pass efficiency, and even rushing numbers all down across the board from last year. Now, one could argue that Wilson's schedule of games was more difficult in 2019 than 2018, but I don't think it accounts for everything. I do think, Riley, injuries, surgeries, and rehab are mostly to blame. Meantime, Jaron Hall is now back. Baylor Romney played well earlier in the year and is now on scholarship. Uh, Rouse, I'd not be surprised if if Hall maybe sees a snap or two or a series or two today just to get him some work again, but I fully expect a spirited quarterback competition when spring ball gets underway. I do too, and for the reasons that you've mentioned, a little bit of dip in performance was that, you know, sophomore slump is something that's commonly discussed as as you see players in college football. They come out and people don't have film on them. They don't have a lot of experience defending them, and then the defense kind of adjusts, and then you get an opportunity to see how the player's going to adjust. But all while that's been going on, Jaron Hall has inserted himself and played the best two quarters of football from the quarterback position uh, this first half against Utah State that we've seen so far this year. So he's earned the right to get a little bit bit more uh, play in that competition but I can tell you one thing if I'm Zach Wilson it's great and whenever you go 18 for 18 it's hard and people are going to talk about it but I bet you Zach Wilson is anxious and hungry to put out a performance that people will talk about you don't want to be remembered for a singular game your freshman year you want to be you want every game that you play or every few games that you play to replace your previous best performance and I bet that's top of Zach Wilson's mind here today not only to supplant that performance in last year's potato bowl and get people to talking about this one, but also to build momentum for himself and among his teammates going into what may be a, con- a heated off-season competition. And, and it, it, you, you, can't, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't state enough just how, how much the fact that he's not been himself necessarily all year, right? It's hard to have what he had happen and be the same guy. You can't just because you're medically cleared to play and because you're out there on the field does not mean that you are a hundred percent. That's shoulder. I had the same shoulder surgery on my throwing arm that Zach Wilson did, and it was a good fourteen to sixteen months post surgery that I was feeling right. And then I, in the meantime, while you're dealing with your shoulder coming back, you break your thumb on your throwing hand, which is also going to affect your release and the strength and the way that you kind of let the football go. His competitiveness has stayed the same, if not gotten better, while he's dealing with some of these mechanical issues you really hope for zach that he can find a way to put it all together all right break time and time again for you be the judge brought to you by legally mine legally mine equals asset protection go to legallymineusa.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks tonight we're going with a byu football trivia question coming into today zach wilson ranks third in most total offense yardage by a player a byu player through his sophomore season who are the players in first and second place the answer next as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Aloha Stadium in Honolulu on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And let us pause right now for our national anthem. That was awesome. That was some Hawaiian harmony there. I agree, Greg. The silky smooth sounds of the islands. That was beautiful. BYU and Hawaii straight ahead. Time now for the answer in tonight's BYU football trivia question in our UB the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mine. Here was the question. Coming in two today, Zach Wilson ranks third in most total offense yardage by a BYU player through his sophomore season. Who are the players in first and second place? And uh, you've you got to figure, you know, the first place guy, I would think. Ty right? Detmer, right out the gate. Yeah, so Ty Detmer's number one, 5,642. Then comes John Walsh in second place at 42.63, and Zach Wilson at 4,002. So with a big day today, Zach could end up second only to Ty Detmer in sophomore total freshman yarders. That's You Be the Judge, presented by Legally Mind. Coming up, we'll hear from Mitchell Jurgens as we continue with more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Hawaii coming up in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl. The Rainbow Warriors playing for a 10th win for the first time in 10 seasons. BYU playing for win number 8 on the year and a third straight victory in the postseason. UH, a 10 personnel team all the time, meaning four wides on every snap, single back, no tight end, run and shoot. When it's working well, it's hard to handle. But it was working well last year when Hawaii rolled into Provo, and the Cougars kept Hawaii in check and won easily in Zach Wilson's first start. Riley, as important as the way BYU defended, the run and shoot was the way that BYU kept the pressure on Hawaii's defense, and UH is not San Diego State defensively. There are yards to be gained, points to be scored. I'll not be surprised if we see a bit of a shootout here today. 
my grandpa, who's an old b- basketball coach, used to say sometimes the best defense is a good offense. And so I do think while the BYU defense needs to bring it, and I think they've proven that they can handle bona fide passing attacks as they've done previously in the season, they are going. It's this is going to be a total team effort. The offense is going to need to possess the ball. They're going to need to move the ball up and down the field, improve on their last game's performance against San Diego State where they fell flat in the red zone and capitalized in the red zone. And if they can do that, I fully expect the BYU – defense to come up with some turnovers and limit some of the possessions this BYU or sorry that this Hawaii offense is going to have to put points on the board let's bring in now our sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life Zions Bank is for you and Mitch it is more than likely that today's game will end with three Hawaii receivers having hit the 1,000 yard mark for the season in receiving yardage you were a wideout who played in a fairly pass friendly system can you imagine having enough to go around to end up with three guys at a thousand plus yards through the air Talk about a receiving core's dream. And, and to Hawaii's benefit, they should be able to continue to recruit some great athletes at the wide receiver position because sharing that stat with recruits, I mean, that's enticing to everyone. Um, and what's cool about it is you don't have to be the best receiver on the team to hit 1,000 yards. You know, the third best receiver is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. Um, and even the, the fourth best, he's, he's got over 800 yards and, and would be statistically the best BYU receiver on this roster um, and so, you know, it's, it's definitely eye-popping when it comes to the numbers. Um, but what's going to be great is, I mean, you look at the eye-popping numbers, these BYU DBs will have their work cut out for them. Um, and, and, and I, you know, despite those numbers, I expect Diane Gunwalaku to have an incredible game. You know, as the leader of this defense and with it being his last time in a Cougar uniform, I expect him to lay it all in the field and make some impressive game-changing plays today. Mitch, thank you. Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the kickoff. Coming up, this has been the Cougar Kickoff Show live from Honolulu on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.